This is GEA Embedded here on Balls.e, our usually weekly look at, uh, look back at the um, GEA Championship action, but it's a special show here on a Wednesday afternoon today because there's been some momentous GEA news in that one of the greatest hurlers of all time, the top scorer in Championship history as of last weekend, Joe Canning has retired from Intercounty uh, Hurling. He said it himself at a Borgosh Energy event um, earlier today. Um, he just said, look, this decision was made. He spoke to the team after the game when they lost to Waterford on Saturday, and he's done with Galway. So quite a shock. One of the best players I've ever seen. There's, I have a, a man who's a regular on GA Embedded uh, living in Melbourne, Australia, but from um, uh, from the beautiful county of Galway, Galway hurling fan, and the man who's grown up with Joe Canning in the, inter- in the Galway team, Morris Brosnan. Morris, um, are you okay, first of all? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. This like, I, I we, there was rumors. We there was a lot of rumors going around on Monday, Mick, that he'd said something in the dressing room after, but didn't know really which would you take him with a pinch of salt or not. And then, uh, so despite the fact that you know there was some degree of anticipation this might be coming, I'm still kind of shocked. And uh, yeah, just kind of devastated, really. <laughs> Yeah, it is devastating, like in a way, like, you know, it, it, for the game and certainly for Galway fans. And I think it, it, it's important to kind of explain why Joe Canning is this figure. You know, we will uh, talk a little bit later on as well. Shane McGrath, a regular guest, is going to be with us a little bit later, as well as maybe a, a, a couple more that we're going to have on. But I wanted to get you on, Morris, before it got too late in Melbourne, because like... Joe Canning burst on the scene as a really a 15-year-old is when I started hearing about this guy. And I remember even the Galway manager, I think it was Connor Hayes at the time, talking about, like, I mean, he was thinking about calling him into the team yeah. at 16 in, like, 2006, 2007. We knew about Joe Canning before most of us ever seen him. But even when we did see him then, it was that there was the year, he took an extra year, I remember, because he didn't want to rush into it straight out of minor and eventually arrived in sort of 2008 on the scene and you're kind of thinking there's always that fear of disappointment with these guys that they're never going to be what you expect them to be but in many ways joe has even um uh, exceeded that expectation in the kind of overall career he's had you know like obviously he didn't win six all irelands or he didn't win you know 15 all-stars he wasn't the best hurler in the country every year but in an overall way i think he the fact that he delivered so consistently for 14 years in a way that in, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. You can talk about Shefflin and you can talk about a couple of other players that we've seen in our lifetime, which is probably the greatest era of hurling ever. But for me, Joe was doing it on a team that needed him a lot more than any of the others needed that one particular person. Yeah, and you know, to, to contextualise this, I think it's important actually what you said there to contextualise this from a Gollar perspective. You know, Shane, whoever you speak to later, they'll be able to contextualise just how good he was his career. They'll give you an insight into that. But if you'll humour me here for a second, like from a Gollar perspective, to, to explain right my kind of semi-relationship to Joe, uh, when Joe Canning was like, Joe Canning's from the other side of Galway. I'm from Rahoon, which is southwest. He's from, uh, you know, Potomna. But uh, he had family over our side of the town. So routinely you'd see him walking up the road, bouncing a hurl off the, you know, bouncing a sitter off the road, walking up outside our house. If I was in the front garden holding a hurl, he'd put a ball into me. If I was uh, in the front garden kicking a soccer ball, he'd tell me to go in and get my hurl. Uh, my first ever event I covered was the web summit. That was the first thing. I was a freelancer, sent me a clue what I was doing, working for local Galway papers. Uh, he picked me out and gave me a one-on-one interview, which was a massive thing for me at the time, right? Uh, I can remember 2006, I would say, uh, don't quote me on that. 2006, the county final, the really contentious county final, Pertumna against Loch Ray, inside in South Hill in Perth Stadium. I can remember being in Sheridan's bar, famous bar in Ocara after that game. And uh, a good family friend of mine, they were coming to a brawl with somebody inside there because of the way 
Joe was treated in that game. He was a, he was you know earmarked as a teenager. That was a really you know a fiery final. Uh, I think you know there's there's YouTube footage going around of that game. I think you know there was a a, a big mad comeback at the end. Lock Ray came somewhere back into it. Uh, a couple of times Joe was pulled down. He got no free. And you know there was so this this was the expectation. This was the the sense around Joe at this time within Galway. And you know so th- in many ways, uh, Mick, to be honest. That was a, a level of billing. That was a level of hype that nobody could live up to. You know, I'm, I'm talking the entire county, you know, obsessed with this teenager. So that was, 2006 was the year there was all this talk about what he's going to go in with Galway. He turned it down. There was some, you know, there was rumours about was it something to do with the club scene uh, within Galway. There was all these rumours about the inter-county, the inter, as in literally within the county rivalries. Um, so before he's even come on there, he's coming over this cloud of kind of controversy. And then he bursts out. And, you know, the, the big day for me, you know, there's two days that stand out in my memory. One is the court game when he just announced himself when it was like, yeah, like this guy is gonna, he's gonna be a star. He's gonna live up to the billing. The other one was uh, 2008, I'd say, for Gibbon Cup, was uh, Gibbon Cup final when he lost, and he, I think he hit one, maybe 117 that day. Uh, just you know, a sensational performance. The, the, the way he, you know, the striking that we have come to know, and that was the first day when I was like, this guy just can't miss. Mm-hmm. You know, when he when he strikes the ball properly, he can't miss and it kind of makes me think you know to a certain extent i've seen you know i've been as as you know, all of us are like looking over twitter and seeing the reaction from a lot of people and you know people say oh isn't it you know a shame nearly they only got one all ireland and it, it baffles me slightly i've been thinking about this a lot mick because you know with the olympics going on right now uh it started with me right for the nba when if you again humor me here for a second there's all this talk about what would it mean for you know a, a player like chris ball to finally get a ring and I was like, why do we have to define his career by, you know, a medal, by a ring? And the same thing again in the Olympics, you know, the achievement in itself, a lot of this stuff is a pure look. It's the side of a draw. It's, you know, but in itself, you can judge a performance without having, you know, these dead-on metrics for what they've come out of. So I previously would have said, uh, you know, I've, well, actually, I think I've made this case before that, I don't know, did Joe Canning live up to the hype that we had around him? Because it was impossible to live up to. But in many ways, he did, right? I'm, I'm falling into this trap of kind of defining... You know, he was expected to win many All Ireland, and he was expected to above and beyond. And a lot of that stuff is, is out of his control. But what he did, what he delivered for Galway again and again and again, was just something to behold. And you know, I, it is like as a, as much as I was joking that you know it's it's devastation and sadness that he's gone. It is also just pure privilege to have seen this guy, you know, in his pomp, growing up with this hurler. And what you know, I think that you will see what he meant for Galway is, will be reflected in the kind of sentiment that's around today. Yeah. Yeah, very well put. Like, there's loads of issues there that you bring up. I mean, the the losing performances for me. I, I, you know, I actually did a piece last year on on, on the greatest losing performances in in sport, and there was a few hurling in there, and I didn't include one by Joe that probably should have just because it wasn't well known enough. To I remember in 2009 when Clare won the under 21 All Ireland, they played Galway in the in the um, in the semi final that year. Galway just straight through to the semi final. Joe hanging in there, you know, and just waiting all year for the. For the match and I think he scored 4-9 that day and they lost and it was just one of those he'd already played senior he'd already had that brilliant game against Cork and so on he was already an all-star but at the same time you talk about still the excitement of what could we get from this guy and maybe that's a little bit you what you're saying about living up to the hype was that he was so good so young there wasn't really much to where to go after that like I, yeah. I definitely have been really impressed with him in the last kind of five six years with how he's changed his game and he's become a different style of player and I thought he was a brilliant centre forward having been such a great full forward for so long and that's maybe where he improved but in terms of explosiveness you can't really get much better than what he was doing in the early days there's no there's nowhere to go from there you know um 
explain to me about the pressure he was under in Galway. Because you talk about that hype, but another memory I have of Joe Canning that isn't as positive a one, I suppose. Like my, my defining memory of him at a game will be from a very similar seat to the one I'm about to mention in Crow Park, where in the 2018 All-Ireland Final, sitting beside my wife, who's a Galway fan, telling her that this was over when he took that free. And again, the sign of always what you say in football, what's a world-class player? Someone who, you know, gets the bit between his teeth, grabs the grain by the scuff of the neck and, and just changes it on their own. There's plenty of um, uh, uh, Joe examples of that. But when he scored that free, absolute rocket. I remember Dermot Burns saying like, I didn't know he, the ball was past him before he's, he'd seen it. You know, that's a really, really defining memory of me watching Joe Canning in person, but from a very similar seat in the 2013 Leinster final where Dublin beat an abject Galway really that day. Yeah. And I remember just sitting around Galway fans and it was like, it was a subject of laughter. I was there with a few of my old, you know, old friends who'd be GA fans, but not massive hurling fans that went for the day to see the dubs, you know? And, which was great in its own way, but there was Galway fans in there and they were just losing it. Everything was hit it into Joe, hit it into Joe. That was that became a catchphrase that I had for years after that. It was like slagging Galway fans, really, because everything was just hit it into Joe, hit it into Joe. And <laughs> it was as if they lost... These were people who did go to every game. These were people who did know what they were talking about. And it was as if they lost all reason because the only thing that could be going wrong was we weren't getting Joe Canning enough ball or we weren't hitting it in from like a, a corner back clearance that didn't go straight into his hand. We lo- Galway fans seem to lose all logic when it came to Joe Canning in how much they needed him to do. And like that's totally fair. And oftentimes it was because he could actually do it. You know, despite the fact that they had such lofty yeah. expectations, frequently he he delivered. You know, and like I do think there is there's a strand of this that it's a conversation for another day. But you know, they're definitely we definitely don't appreciate stars like this when they're at their pump as much as we should. You know, it, it it's just a fact. You know, like. The slurs that were thrown against Joe, like some of them were kind of scandalous, to be honest, really. You know, like the like because he did, like the odd me, he was afraid to, he wasn't afraid to have a say, which is just it's absolute, you know, nonsense, really, to be honest. And it it, it would it would kind of sicken you when you, you see that sort of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it, there's, there's a strand that we just do not appreciate these players when they come through initially. And he actually said, you know, I remember this was early enough now when I, the, 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 the famous web summers, when, when that was in Dublin, the final year when it was in Dublin, I remember he said to me in the, when I, when I spoke to him in that interview, you know, I, I learned very early in my career, it's, you know, six inches from a pat in the back and, you know, I kick up the arse. And so he was, I think he was conscious of it too. I think he was definitely, you know, even if you listen to the way he spoke today, he is very conscious of stuff that's said about him in the media and said about him online, I think actually. Um, so, and I would say that probably hurt him uh, to a certain extent. And, you know, whatever about, like the pressure within Galway, I think that's, a lot of that is driven from the context of where the county was at and this desperation to to win in All-Ireland. And he was seen as a saviour, the man who could could deliver it. And in many ways he did. You know, I think the, the defining, defining image is always going to be the temporary points and it, it, it's funny you know I was just watching that back today I'd forgotten that he hit the free short just before that which in many ways makes what he did after all the more impressive can you imagine the mental strength it takes to to drop a shot short like that to, to know this is what we need Jerry Canning announcing this is a miracle shot you know hitting it from out near the sideline and somehow he managed to, 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 to sink it you know Johnny Cohen actually when he's hand passing the ball back you can see Tipperary know what's coming they're all descending on Canning before the ball is even in his hands they know what's coming and they still can't stop it which is the ultimate mark of kind of a great hurler and that's the stuff you know he did that it's the it, it, you know we talk about clutch shots that's the definition of clutch and the amount of times Canning did that frequently. And it goes to, you know, when you talk about perception, it's the same thing with the infamous Johnny Glynn interview. That's purely because 
you know, the Galway did have decent hurlers, decent other forwards, but none of them could live up to Joe Canning because it's just purely the level that he set. And at times, Joe Canning couldn't live up to, to Joe Canning, the hype yeah. of Joe Canning. And yet still, you know, even within that, the level of performance was just was just remarkable, really. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of times, I, I, we won't go over everything. It's like If there's anything else you, you want to get in, work away. But there's... Um, you mentioned this, like the the way he treated you at that you know at that web summit yeah. thing, the way he dealt with the media over the years. I always thought that there was somebody that was a star from such an early age. I always thought there was a, a great humility to Joe Canning, and that you know I, I felt that he took leadership and you know responsibility in many ways, and was more than happy to be the guy who says, "Give me that ball, I'm going to put it over the bar and be the star on the pitch," you know. Um, but I always felt that he was a good like leader. I know he was. There was always David Burke. There was Fergal Moore. There was David Collins. And you know, there was there was more than just him. But he was always. He felt like he was always the leader of the pack there. But always, I thought did it with humility. Anyway, I remember working at. He was working for. Um, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember who it was for. But they were sponsoring uh, events that I was involved in, and he was at a good few of them. And he was just doing. The kind of, he didn't want to be in a privileged position. So even though he was also a guest on the show, he was making sure he was doing his job. So he's taking up, putting out chairs and stuff like that. I remember a couple of times we were like, Joe, would you not leave that to someone else? You're actually on the show yeah, tonight. Yeah. Like you have to do this. It's not like you're not doing any work. You're still doing this. And he's like, the idea that it would be left to somebody else was horrifying to him, you know? And that's just a sign of a, a great work ethic. And that's a tiny example of anything. But I also, also think that like, 14 years in the game and we're kind of like saying goodbye to him on the national level now anyway you know hopefully we'll still see him for Portumna and and different things but I think somebody who is a good ambassador for the game and who will leave it in like most people like Joe Canning and you know don't have really a bad word to say about him and it isn't in this sort of scenario where they're like oh Galway and their superstar and that could have easily been the case and I, I know I'm in a very very roundabout way of saying that that's as important to me as somebody who was the most talented player. And I, I to be honest, like, you know, the, the media stuff is interesting, actually. I've sat in with a lot of, I've I, probably one of the hurlers I've interviewed most, whether that be in a group setting or, or a one-on-one. And he definitely, you know, he, he carries a ship on his shoulder. I remember he was the, um, was it two years ago, he went off injured against, do you remember this? He went off injured against Waterford, he got rattled by his shoulder. And there was reports initially that it wasn't as bad. And he, he felt really wronged by those because it, to him, it was this perception that, um, oh, he, you know, he, 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 it wasn't as bad. He'd gone down easy. And in reality, I mean, he, he'd done serious damage. And uh, at the same, about six months later, I sat in another press conference in a hotel in Dublin and he was uh, going nuts about, that was when all the commentary was talking about the old style of hurling. And, you know, I, I remember we actually spoke about it, myself and yourself, after that, when he was saying, you know, and he was very kind of blunt about this. He'd watched a lot of games. That was Galway had been knocked out by Dublin that year early on. He'd been mm. watching a lot of the old games on air sports, the classic uh, games. And he said, you know, these hurdles wouldn't live in the modern era. The way they use possession, they'd be put, t- t- torn off after 20 minutes. It was aimless. Uh, he, he was adamant, you know, that hurling has come on leaps and bounds since then. He kind of took pride in that. And then, you know, se- separate to all of that, Mick, right? There's the, you know, whatever about like the, the media stuff. I personally, I find that entertaining, you know, whether or not sometimes, you know, sometimes it gets it wrong. Sometimes he might go a little far, but more often than not, I found him spot on. But separate to all of that is the, you know, he was conscious of... The 2012 All-Ireland uh, final being the one where he maybe got it yeah, wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, like, yeah. Look, look. <laughs> going over old wounds here now. I'm vulnerable enough as it is. Um, 
<laughs> Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> but you know, 2017. I, I was uh, the passage that I put up on uh, Twitter earlier today. But for people who don't know, 2017, uh, the All Ireland final. Um, you know, t- uh, and this was written about Tony uh, in Tony Keeley, the biography. Liam Hayes wrote a, a very good uh, biography, sorry, of uh, Liam Hayes with his family. Uh, of sorry, of Tony Keeley with his family. And uh, but you know, th- uh, this is this is Nirvana, right? This is what everyone is. It's been building up to. This is the moment. So you got to take that in the context. This is the moment when finally Galway have gotten over the line. Joe Canning is there. He's in the midst of it. What's the first thing Joe Canning does? He spots uh, Shannon, Tony Keeley's only daughter. The two of them were, you know, like that. Uh, or, you know, utterly inseparable. Uh, spots her by himself, makes his way over to her, gives her a hug. Galway go up to protect the trophy. Joe Canning stays down on the field beside her. You know, it's just it. The, the word is overused, but it's just pure a class act, like an absolute class act. To, that, that that is where his mind was in that moment at that time. The book goes into all the stuff he did actually for the family. You know, both on the day and subsequently. But yeah, to, to my mind, you know, that's the that's the measure of Joe Canning. It's not only what he did on the field that day or that year, but what he did after the game. It was just, yeah, like, as I said, it's pure. It was so noticeable, wasn't it? Because David Burke gave such a brilliant speech that day. Yeah. And you know, the focus was there. And I, I just, every time it went down to the family, you could see, like, it's Joe Canning standing in the middle of them. And there they are on the field. And I, I remember being really struck by that. I actually wrote up, wrote up a piece today about the, the semi-final that you spoke about. That, that's up on Balls Alley now. Can people read? But it, it was just mentioning the final very briefly at the end the defining image was him there with the Keedy family um, and you're dead right about that uh, uh, Darla Dyer saying pure genius uh, Nessa Coyne saying saddened by the news uh, but I'm not surprised he's a great ambassador for the game of hurling a true hero and huge loss to Galway in the game of hurling Nessa's basically said everything I wanted to say except it took me 15 minutes to say it um, <laughs> but she's a lot more succinctly than I did there Martin uh, Keane is saying legend as well like and plenty of uh, comments coming in uh, much saying the same thing um, it'll be a huge um, positive uh, sorry Nessa also in saying thank you for your dedication and pure genius on the hurling pitch again sort of saying everything I want to say um, like the legacy of what uh, Joe Canning will mean to Galway Morris that's the hardest question I'll ask you today yeah, so like which I mean, and ultimately, I, I don't know how we'll define that today. I think the fact that I was in this to you earlier, you know, the fact that this came after the week that was for Galway GA, it only kind of it only hardens the blow, you know. Just uh, you know, we don't know where either of these teams are, and then suddenly the the greatest hurler that Galway's ever known walks away. It's just you know, <laughs> in many ways, it'll feel like rock bottom, and I think that will emphasize, you know, there there is definitely. There, there's a different conversation we'll have another day about the need for change within this Galway hurling team and what they need to do with their squad. And, you know, I do think that uh, I, I personally had a feeling at the weekend this was the end of an era. Before mm-hmm. this news came out, before there was any rumours, I personally felt that this was, uh, it's something had to change. It, it did feel like this team has done, done so much, been probably the most consistent Galway team of my lifetime, but definitely in the, uh, uh, an era. Um, now, that's, that's a separate conversation because what we're talking about here is but Joe, Joe Canning's career, and I do, you know, as much as uh, I was joking about the the sadness and the, you know, how much we will miss what he did, I do hope that over the next few days there is kind of a cause for celebration about all he gave, you know, all he, yeah. the the it's as minor moments as you know him sticking aside and over the bar against Limerick in you know just farcical terms. I think I, I read today twenty seven sidelines, you know, Joe, Joe Canning scored like twenty seven mm-hmm. sidelines. I think the he nearest is eight. Like yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just it's freakish, you know. It's absolutely freakish, and that that to, to my mind, that's the the stuff that will you know live long in the memories. It's not only the accolades and all stars and the All Ireland. It's the little kind of moments, just pure genius 
and that's what he was, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately. He was like an absolute, it's it, again, another word that's probably overused, but he was, in, in the truest sense of the term, a genius on the field. Yeah, absolutely. The, Twitter, the Ball Twitter account, you can see his uh, 2015 goal against uh, Kilkenny, which I thought was pure genius. People oh, will that remember. Was, yeah. You know, that, that, that's the twist. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of like, you, you, there's the odd thing that you'll see, which is amazing skill, and the odd thing that might be true pace or true different things that are, you know, oh what a goal i've never seen anything like it but then there's other ones where you say there's not many people who could actually do you wouldn't even think that you could do never mind actually try it in a championship game against kilkenny and that's one of them people will also remember the the sideline cut in the all-ireland final that the fan got the best view of ever where you could just follow it all the way over yeah you're talking about you know and there's there's countless others like i mean the just again the one i mentioned against limerick in the all-ireland final that i think in defeat we'll be forgetting forgot about a little bit you know but again the the moment that that was um and of course that point against tipperary but look joe canning is leaving us with a lot to celebrate i think morris i think that's a very very good point i also you know the sadness i think is there across the country i think for galway i think it is hard to imagine losing a player like that because you even if you could never win a match i say i was talking to shane last week about tony kelly and i'm like you know if claire never win another match i can always say you know at least i get to watch tony kelly every year year for him you know and i mean and i'm hopefully got another three four years of that if not longer to come and that's what galway fans had with joe canning and for so long and it's it's a privilege um, as a neutral, but I can only imagine what it was like as a fan. And it's a hard thing to lose on any day. And you mentioned then, like, how hard that is. There was a moment on Saturday when Galway, the game was gone away from them completely where I saw one tweet, actually, from somebody saying, I hope Joe gets this record now so he can go away and retire in peace. And I remember I was pissed off and I was like, oh, this is like, the knives are out from nobody's ever satisfied. No, eating bread is soon forgotten. So, and also, this isn't his fault. He's not the... And I saw a follow-up tweet from the same person later on in a completely different way. He didn't realise I was sitting there fuming, misunderstanding his tweet. But he was actually having a go at the rest of Galway and saying, Joe doesn't deserve to be, have to be part of this anymore. And I <laughs> the whole team. And I, I, I figured that out from the, the subsequent tweet. But I'm just there thinking to myself, it's like, I tweeted actually about the noise being out for him after the game and it didn't happen. People have got to that point now where I think they appreciate everything that's happened and hopefully, to your point, that we can spend the next week celebrating rather than, as you said, worrying about how many medals he won. He still did win the noise. Yeah, like... He let go with Deroni All-Ireland in the last 30-odd years as well. Let's not forget that it wasn't nothing to actually win one. And, you know, it's it's funny. Two things there, Mick, right? You know, firstly, you mentioned the Kilkenny goal. Like, I just spent the last, whatever it was, hour and a half going over my, you know, this memory yeah. bank that I have yeah. of Joe Canning memories. I was sitting behind that goal and that moment didn't even come to my mind until you mentioned it there. I was, I, you know, I was I probably one of the best views in the country. <laughs> and it, it just goes to show the amount of stuff that he gave to Galway. And separately, I, to my mind, there was three, Galway saw three versions of Joe Canning, right? And I do think it's important when you're contextualizing his career because each one of them was kind of pivotal. There was the initial, you know, just outgoing, shoot the lights out, Joe Canning. There was the second version when they were trying to incorporate more forwards. He came slightly out the field. It wasn't <laughs> to hit it into Joe, maybe it was slightly lessened. Uh, and then there was a third version, which we saw, I think, most successfully last year, which is Joe the creator. And that's what he was. Uh, I actually did analysis of this after the uh, Leinster final on the last tickle, Kenny. And just go back and look at those stats after that game. Go back and look at it, the, his, his turnovers, his accuracy of passes. 
the, the, you know, his, his distribution of the ball. Do you remember in that game, the the sideline pass hit from Mannion? Uh, Mannion coming straight down the middle. Uh, it, you know, it was in, in and under Hogan's hand. Could, you know, he hit the, a pinpoint perfect pass straight into Mannion's hand as he was tearing down through the middle. Uh, Mannion yeah. put the ball over the bar. And it was just, it was really subtle. But that was the reason he was doing that, right? modern hurling the, the the warfare the battle in that middle third that that's where the game is defined now so if you can bring a bit of class into that area and in that kind of trench warfare somebody who can distrib- distribute the ball accurately it is it is just vital that is the a lifeline for teams and he tried to do that and the greatest measure right the greatest measure of a to my mind the greatest measure of a, a great player is you mentioned Tony Kelly earlier a guy who can be on the fringe of a game for you know 90% of it the weekend I, I honestly, I don't know. Joe Canning's, uh, in terms of his touches in the first half, they might have been single fingers, I'd say, to be honest, you know, in play. Uh, but when, when Galway are, are coming for a comeback, they desperately need something out of nothing. He'll muster up the pass for Jason Flynn's goal. Uh, and, you know, th- there was there was times the, the pure lack of uh, ego in his play. Yes. I'm sure he was conscious of that record. I, I'm sure yeah. I'm like, there's absolutely, I have absolutely no doubt, actually, that he was conscious of that record. And yet still, he's a free and he spots a man in a better position, a free he could score. And he gives the it ball was actually off. open play. He did the same. He did the same from a free a few minutes before. I think he did a quick one, wasn't it? Maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing it. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was a free. Um, I think he had done the same from open play as well. <coughs> easy point. He gave up three scores though in that game. Three easy scores on a day when he was chasing the record, all before he got the record, and when Galway were well beaten. I think only Joe Canning and maybe a few yeah. others believed that they could come back into it, and they very nearly did. But. Uh, that was the day to tap him over and get that record and say, one for me, I've given loads to the team. And he never did that. And I wouldn't expect him to either, but I also think it's worth pointing out, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, well, I kind of would expect him. And that's just because the level he has set previously. I can't, you know, there was definitely a part of me that thinking, oh, here we go. You know, the goal referee. No, but I wouldn't expect him to take the easy score. As sorry, opposed, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm saying yeah, I wouldn't yeah. expect him to do that, but I also think it's worth mentioning the game was as good as it's done crazy, in yeah. guys, and yet he still he was foregoing those easy frees for that bit of magic that he was trying to find to get get them going. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like there is definitely a part of me that's very glad that he got the records. Of course, you know, because I think it, it, it is ultimately deserved. But it's just, it is it's the most joke kind of thing ever that in a game when he breaks the scoring record, the thing we remember most is uh, Joe the Creator, you know, laying on passes for Jason Flynn and everything else he did, uh, you know, within that. I think it, it's it's kind of, it's it's fitting, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's fitting also that we got to speak to you tonight, Morris, uh, tonight, your time, obviously. Uh, you can go to bed now having had that uh, 27-minute counselling session um with me i hope you feel a bit better after it um we're gone now with we've gone from commiserations to celebrations in that time um hopefully my own thoughts will be a little bit less flustered a little bit later on when we come back and speak to um shane mcgrath and a couple of others because this news is actually as a complete neutral just a hurling fan it's actually hit me so i can only imagine what you're going through morris but thanks a million for joining us yeah thanks for the support mick Always there for you, man. Always there for you. That's Morris Brosnan from, uh, he's in Melbourne, um, going to bed and very sad tonight over Joe Canning's retirement from Intercounty Hurling. We'll have more reaction to this massive news on a GA embedded special that we're doing a little bit later on. As I said, we'll have a regular guest, Shane McGraw, with us and we'll have a couple more surprise guests too. See you now.